Geordie's FPL Season 2. We're back, baby. Hello, hello and welcome back for season number two of Joy's FPL. For any new listeners, my name is Dan. I am one half of Joy's FPL and I'm joined as always by the better looking half of Joy's <laughs> FPL, Stephen. Stephen, how are you, pal? I'm not doing too bad. It's been a nice little break, hasn't it? It's good to be back though, mate. It's good to be back. It is. How are you feeling? Um, if you had asked us maybe a week or two weeks ago, I would have said, oh, I'm not really arse, I'm not ready, but now that the FPL, well, the official FPL Twitter has dropped that it is coming in June, uh, July, sorry, I am ready for this game to come out now, and I'm chomping at the bit to see the prices. And the transfer window's starting now as well, it's mental at the minute, amount of signings that are going on. It is really, really ramping up, and I think there's going to be some. Well, we already know that there's going to be some potential high-priced players coming in, and I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger, really, isn't it? And there's some big moves impending, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but Stephen, to start the new season, we could well have some new ears going into the 2022-2023 season. So why don't you just tell all the potential new listeners how you got into FPL, your highest rank over the years, just to give a bit of background for what to expect over the coming season. Yeah, well, I started playing FPL in 2010, so I've been playing it for quite a bit of time. Um, at first, I was just more of a casual player, um, but more recently when I've gained more interest is just because a lot more friends are playing it now, and obviously we've got a decent mini-league run as well, um, and... We've got to also factor in the fact we've got a Twitter account now for it, so you've got to be at least a bit more competitive for that. But That's very true. How, how you got on over recent years? So, my highest rank was just the, the last season gone, which was 106k, with 2,500 points, which is also my highest points total. Um, weirdly enough, my me, me next best rank was 2010-2011, which was 174k, and only 1,947 points back then. So you can tell it is getting more difficult as the years go on. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I got on last season, hoping to get in 100k this season. Um, how's your history been, Dan? But Stephen, you got to remember in that season that you finished 174k. That was a good 12 years ago. There was only 175k <laughs> in the whole game. So. You're right, you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've not done too badly. My official account will tell me that I've been playing since 2014-15 but that must I must have changed email addresses or something like that because I've got some memories from school of playing that and obviously I mean the game looked a lot different then um yeah I mean I've only had one rank inside the top 100k which was the 1920 season where I finished 67k nice. overall so I think the, the aim for the seasons going back going past really has been finishing the top 100k I've only managed it once I think going forward as well, that's probably going to be the aim this season, Stephen, since we both finished just outside of it. I mean, you finished on 2,500 points. I was 2,492 with a rank of 117k. So I really was touching touching the 100k mark. And after spending quite a lot of time in there last year, it's disappointing not to finish in it. So definitely. that is definitely what I'm aiming for this year. Yeah, and I think hopefully we both could get there as well. Um, it was very disappointing for yourself with you being in there quite a lot of the season. But... Um, obviously a lot of things change with it and like we say 
it's just getting more difficult and more difficult as more users play the game as well. Oh, definitely. So that's a little bit about us, although a lot of the listeners will already know that. Um, in terms of the podcast for new listeners, we will we aim to upload every Monday. Uh, sometimes like I've got a young child at home. Stephen works different shifts, as do I. Might not always be as consistent as every Monday, but that is what we're aiming for. Um, and we'll just be, as a general, when the season starts, like rounding up the week that's happened very briefly, and then we'll get onto the game we come in. Obviously, that becomes more exciting when there's doubles and there's chips and things like that. But we'll do try and keep it exciting as we go. We do aim to keep the pods about 30, 35 minutes. We do fail miserably most times. But this season, Stephen, well, I, I can't, we can't talk much quicker because we're Geordies anyways, if you haven't already noticed. And we we'll already talk fast enough anyways. So I don't know how we're going to manage it. But we will try and condense what we are saying. Yeah, we've said that, but we do talk a lot of shite. So I'm not holding your breath. So we'll start this season, similar to what we did last season, with some season predictions. And of course, this is a fantasy Premier League podcast, so we will mention some fantasy predictions. Looking back, Stephen, I had a little listen before we came on air here. We didn't do too badly with some of our predictions, to be honest. I can't remember many of them from last season, other than saying the top four in Man City to win, which I think we both got right. You also said that Bamford would get the highest price rise, and I think that was definitely bang on. Yeah, I remember that one, actually. I Good point. So we are recording this on the 27th of June. You may be listening when all the prices are out. Just know that when we're recording this, that this is not the case. So it's easy to start with. Stephen, who's going to be the champions this year? I'm going to go with Man City, back-to-back champions. Um yeah, I can't see anyone getting close to them this season with the additions that they're, they've made so far and that they're already making as well. What about you? Yeah, I went down the same boat as well. I'm sure I said something like Chelsea last year on the back of them winning the uh, Champions <laughs> League, but they're just, they're just looking unbelievable. They've signed the best young player in the world, really, let's be honest. So uh, they're just going to go from strength to strength and it's hard to look past them. Um Top four, we've probably got a few wrong in this last year, and you probably will this year as well, with there being quite a lot of teams milling around there. Who have you went for? I've went for Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, and then Chelsea, in that order. And and what people will find listening to this podcast, that me and Stephen have very similar thoughts, and this is no different because I went for the exact same order. Some might question the Spurs and Chelsea swap around, but I just think if they're going to make some good signings, they've already made one in Perisic. Um, it's it's just looking good with Conte at the wheel. Basuma as well. Let's not forget him. Oh yes, of course, but, of course. Yeah, full season out of Conte. I think they'll look good this season. Yeah. Relegation, Stephen. Now this is probably where we differ a little bit because there's a pool of teams really that could well go down. Yeah, this was a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I was mulling over a few different teams for the the final relegation spot, but I've went with Bournemouth, Brentford, and Fulham. Oh, well, we've got two out of three the same, mate. Um, I went for Bournemouth and Brentford as well. Was really milling around Forest, but actually I think Forest could do a Brentford of this year. That's what I was thinking, um, yeah. And um, Brentford are the ones they face the drop. I've went Leeds. Now, this is obviously on the back of Phillips. Looks like he's definitely going, and Rafinha strongly linked away now. Well, that's their two best players in poor season last year. So I can un- I can understand why you've said who you've said, but um, I feel like Leeds could be down there. Yeah, I had Leeds as one of the other teams, to be fair. So it doesn't look like many more predictions are going to be very different today. Oh, but can I just make a little mention to a team that I think 
could well be down the bottom there that haven't been in recent Southampton. past. That's Southampton. Yes, that's another yeah, team that was close I'm, for me. Because I mean, I mean, I've, I think we've mentioned it in conversation just just when we've been talking between ourselves. But I was having a little look back in the back end of that season. What usually happens with them is they do go on the beach a little bit when they realise they're safe. But in the last eleven games of the season, they've only got four points, mm. and that includes a win against Arsenal, which you would say is unexpected. And probably, I remember watching the highlights, was undeserved as well. If they don't start well, and we're going to do the fixtures part in a couple of weeks' time, but I've had a little look, and they do not start very well. And if they just hit that, they continue with the form that they're left off with, I think they could be in trouble, if I'm honest. I think Hassan Hootl could well be the first man just sacked. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it doesn't look like they're doing much in the transfer market either. Um, I think... If Ward Prowse isn't in that team, then I actually think they could finish bottom. But generally speaking, he plays the full season anyway, so whether he's enough to keep them up or not, we don't know. But that's it. If back to back seasons you lose your best strike guy in Danny Ings and then you lose your captain and your midfield maestro, it, it just just spells trouble, doesn't it really? It does. Let's go on to the surprise team, which I think we might be slightly different for this one. Um I've went with Leicester simply because right. they've got no European commitments. Um, I think we'll do very well this season with the squad that they have. Um, and, yeah, I think it's probably who Newcastle might come up against as one of the, the sort of rivals for getting towards that top eight spot. Um, but I just think with the squad that they have, slightly better than ours still, um, and no European commitment will do them a few favours. And how would you feel if that was the case if Tielemans went? Obviously, Vardy's just really this season he has finally fading out now a little bit. He has been a long time coming. But if Tielemans goes, can you really look at that team and say is it strong enough to finish maybe even even top eight? Tielemans goes, and I don't think that's, that's an issue. I think they've got players in there that can replace him. Um, Jewsbury Hall obviously coming through. He's looking very good. Yeah. NDD didn't get much of a season out of him, and, and neither did Mendy. So if these two players come in and play a lot more this season I think they'll do alright yeah well mine's a little bit off mine's a little bit strange mine because I'm not expecting this team to potentially even finish in the top 7 or top 8 but I think a team that might just surprise us as a whole potentially even just performances is Crystal Palace you've got Vieira's second season and they've got some players coming back from injury like the Eze and things like that yeah. Anderson and Gehi have had the season together, it was both our first season together. They may have gelled now. Zahar's so still looking good. They've got some good striking options up there. At least, yeah. I think if they, yeah, I think your problem's going to be replacing Conor Gallagher. That's going to be very, very hard. If they can manage that, then if they finished in the top half, I still think that's a good season for them, considering all the powerhouses that are coming out. And I include ourselves in that as well. Like, you would expect us to finish above Palace, but I think they could put some good shows on. I, I think they'll finish ahead of Wolves, if that's a statement or not. No, it's not a statement. I think that's a fair comment. Um, they're building quite a strong young team. Um, and not just for now, but for the future. I can see them getting in the top 10 for the next few seasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, golden Boots, let's get it a bit more light now. Golden Boot. This man is 6-1 to one with Skybet at the moment. Harry Kane. It's got to be. Ooh, that's worth a tenner. It's worth more than a tenner. I'll tell you that for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went for the same, mate. Um, what's your basis on that? Obviously, he hasn't been the golden boot winner for a couple of seasons now. My basis is he done really well in the second half of last season since Conte came in. Um, he seems like he's got his mojo back as well, and he's happy to play for Spurs now since he's came in. So I just think Spurs will, will fire this season. Kulisevsky, Kane, Son up front. It's quite a good front three still, um, and 
I'm very surprised that he's that price to be top scorer when he's got, I think he's already got like three or four golden boots to his name. Haaland's the one that's yeah, I made assume it. Someone like Haaland. Yeah. yeah. Three to one, he is. I expected that. Well, yeah. Well, I've went for the same as you. I've went for Kane. You know, obvious choice, if you were going to go for a Spurs player, might have been Son because he finished so well last season. But I just think with the added appeal of penalties as well, I just think Kane's going to, yeah. he's going to get some more this season. He's going to put them away as well as probably improving on last season's total by quite a bit, I'd imagine, because he did have a very slow start. I've went for Kane as well. Great shout. Let's move on to most assists. I'll let you go first with this one. Do they just go hand in hand? And I've said Son. Oh, interesting. Well, he is on set pieces and he got quite a few last season. So um, I think that's a good answer. But I've went for... Are we the... seeing FPL assists for this, by the way? Mm, I've just gone with both. Either or. Right, okay. Either or. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh. I think... Now, what... I can't go against that. I mean, he's one of the best playmakers in the frigging world. Yeah, and I think a full season out of him, he has been injured a lot over the last couple of years. A full season out of him. I think he could put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's a ridiculous player, to be honest. And with Holland and um, the team, if he's making them runs... Yeah. It's silly. It really is. I fear it. for any team that's playing them, especially Newcastle, but... <laughs> let's move on to clean sheets. Most clean sheets. Yes, we go to the other end of the pitch. I have went for Liverpool. Don't ask us why. I've went for Man City. All right, okay, reasoning. They're amazing at stopping set-piece goals. Um, they don't concede many, generally speaking, in normal play. You would have to say, you'd argue that they've got the best back four. Um, they're going to be getting a left-back in Cucurella as well, potentially. I think they're... Really? Aye, they're in for him. I've seen that. Oh, that's interesting. I've not seen that. Aye, so if they, if they manage to get him, I just think that they're too strong for everyone else. Yeah, I kind of go against that, really, to be honest. And does the team that you're talking about now just easily go into the next question, which is best newcomer? No, it doesn't, actually, because I've said Botman for this one. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big one. Obviously, he's not officially signed yet, but he is in time to get a medical as we speak. Um, Botman, it, it feels... I know you're probably right, and he probably will come in and do amazing, but you just I just felt like I couldn't choose a defensive player. For this, so I have went Haaland. I've went very same, plain simple, boring. Yeah. What can we actually expect from Botman? Because I have not seen a great deal. Well, he's a league winner. I think he's only what twenty-two years old. Um, he's he's obviously yeah. played for two big teams in Lille and was it Ajax beforehand. Um, yeah, he's 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 left-footed. So whether that causes Burn not to play or not, obviously we had that discussion a little bit earlier on today, but we still expect them both to start together. Um, but yeah, he, look, he looks a monster at the back and the teams that were in for him just shows what, what he's capable of. I mean, AC Milan really wanted him, but they just weren't willing to pay as much as we were. And yeah, and to be honest, I've seen a couple of Van Dyke likenesses when people have been talking about him on Twitter. And if he's if he's half the bloke, then fucking fair play, then yeah. Best young player, Stephen? This is one where you probably think I wouldn't I wouldn't go for this person, um, but I went for Kulisevsky. Oh, all right. Christ, how old is he? He looks a lot older than uh, 23 or something. He's only 22. Um, I had a, Jesus, I, I had a look. I, um, yeah, I think... Hard paper round. I, did, I, I think he's going to have a class season. The second half of last season when he joined them, they were just different gravy. Um, and I, I can't really see anyone 
coming into the team to replace him. Um, so I think he'll he'll play at least start at least thirty games next season. I would suspect. Um, just something different I've went for. You could go for the obvious ones, couldn't you? Like Foden, he'll still be touted for it. He won it last two years, I think. Um, but now nah, I'm a little bit on Kulazewski's minutes, though, Stephen. There's some strong rumours at the moment about Richarlison. Does he just fit straight in instead of Kulazewski? Because he's not going to. They're not going to drop Son or Kane. That's what I would be worried about a little bit choosing that one. Obviously, we don't have to worry about that in terms of FPL or anything like that, but. I would just be a little bit more cautious over his minutes. Obviously, it looks like Bergvine's on the way out. Yeah. Mura's not um not firing. Not really been in the team for a little while now, so he's nothing to worry about. But I think they will sign a backup winger. Um, it's just who they go for, so isn't it? If they spend thirty that's thirty plus million, then yes, you would suspect that player's going to start. Richarlison, I think they label them as about 55, 60 million, which in my opinion is still a little bit expensive for him. But yeah, it depends on who they get in. If they don't get anyone in and they just have Mora as the, the backup then and obviously Perisic as well then yeah I think Kulusevsky is a good shout It's not bad going yeah well as you mentioned you could go with the obvious as Phil Foden and that's who I've went for Um, I think just a little bit on potentially obviously obviously Haaland's came in but you would argue that's not might not be his position but Sterling looks like he could be on the way out and there's very very strong links for Jesus to go on the way out. So I think Foden's minutes are even going to be even more than they already have been. So I think if you've seen they're going to be firing this year, like just playing it to Haaland and whatnot. I just think it could be another good one for him and probably even better than what he's posted in the past. Yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that. If he gets that award three seasons in a row, that's some feat as well. Yeah, too right. Best signer of the season. It is early days in this transfer market, but who would you say? Yeah, there's there wasn't really much to choose from right now, but um, I've went for someone that's meant to be signing that you've just previously mentioned, and I've went with Jesus. I'm in the exact same boat, mate. I've got the exact same thing. Yeah. What? Why? Why Jesus for you? Um, I just think uh, for Arsenal, if he gets the game time, um, I've seen a stat saying he's only uh, ever scored 14 max goals in the Premier League, but if you actually look at his goals to game ratio, it's actually very good. And the reason why he never got more than 14 is because of Aguero. Um, but I think if he plays up front for the majority of the season, uh, which I suspect he will because they've only got him and Enketia, then I think he can post up nearly up to 20 goals. Yeah, well, that's the exact same reason as me. And just as a little side note, what price does he come in as he is at Arsenal and as he's a forward in the game, do you reckon? Nine million would be a fair price, but we know FPL like to outprice them sometimes, um, especially... Or underprice. Or underprice, but yeah, I think he'll come in at nine, um, potentially 9.5 at the very most. What do you think? Yeah, probably about the same. And we'll get talking about prices probably on the next podcast we do. But nine's always a funny price for a striker. It is. And they've got a good run of fixtures to start off with, so you may just want to go there. But if you've got Haaland, you want to move around. Yeah, if you've got Haaland, yeah, it's going to be it. hard to get to him. Um, someone that did come close, obviously he's not signed as of yet, but you mentioned him as well before, is if Sterling goes to Chelsea, I think that would just about eclipse Jesus as the signing of the season. Oh, that's a big statement. Yeah. Worst sign of the season will go at the opposite end of the spectrum. I went for Diego Carlos. 26 million he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see him getting a lot of red cards, to be honest. And I'm sort of glad. Loves giving away a pen. He does. I'm sort of glad that, we, obviously, we stayed clear of him. Um, he's, he's a lot older than Botman as well. I think he's about 28 or 29, isn't he? Um, obviously, you would, you would argue that and see he's in his prime. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I think for that amount of money... You could do better in the transfer market. 
you're probably right. Um, who I went for, and I'll give you a little bit of background of what I'm, why I went from. But I went for Darwin Nunes. Now I just <laughs> want you to hear us out. <laughs> now, is Klopp's got to get one fucking wrong at some point? Surely every fucking big signing he makes always comes in perfect. He's got, he's even Jota wasn't even that big, and it's been perfect. He's got to get one wrong. But interestingly, I've been having a little look at his stats, and he got 31 goals last season. But with an XG of 19.3. Now, that's outstanding by all means. And if he's just like an unbelievable finisher, I'll eat my words happily. And at the end of the season, I'll do something stupid if he does come up unbelievable. But you predict the game time would be lower this season. You predict the chances will be a lot lower this season. And XG catches up on everyone, mate. Even the best in the world, your Benzema's, your Canes, XG catches up on you. I just think if he posts maybe an XG of like say twelve thirteen this season and he bags nine ten, that's got to be classed as a bad signing if you're paying a hundred million pounds for a player. Yeah, that's interesting. So just a question off the back of that: How many goals does he get this season, just in the Premier League? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twelve. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna go with. 16 goals. I think he'll still do quite well for them. I can't see Firmino playing much this season. He's he's injured. Oh. He's injured all the time, so that may play into his hands. Um, but then again, they've still got Jota, Diaz, Salah. So yeah. whether he, pl- he plays all the time still, that's another question. But no, that's a fair point. 100 million. You expect instant returns of that value. Yeah, that's, well, that's what that's the sort of the road I was going down, and I'm predicting that the instant returns won't be there. Listen, if you wanted to come to Newcastle and score 12, 13 goals, I'd be more than happy. <laughs> but at 100 mil, you just want the best, don't you? And especially, you know, a club's got this reputation at the moment now, doesn't he? Everyone he signs is just fucking unbelievable. So, yeah. Their transfer business but, is silly. Up. It's just silly. Nah, it is. It's ridiculous. But we can't finish this without talking about our team, Stephen. Newcastle, where are we finishing this year? Eighth, I think. We'll just be out of the European slot. Um, I still think that's going to be a very good season. And if, as long as we'll have a, a, a decent cup run as well, I'd be very happy with that. Just a little bit of progression. That's all we need. Yeah, I've went slightly more modest than you. I went for ninth. I just think, you know, we're going to have... Probably, we've got three new signings already. Granted, Target was here last year. But I just think bedding ourselves in. We need we need a right winger desperately. So bedding them into the front three as well. I think it might just take a little bit more time. I think Newcastle fans aren't stupid and they're expecting things to take a little bit of time. So ninth and you, yeah, top off finish, mate. You've got to be happy considering what we were thinking when we were doing this exact same pod, probably bang on a year ago. We were miserable bastards. That's, that's all I can say. We were very unhappy with how things were going, but we still managed to talk about them, which is quite good. It's quite impressive. Actually. It is. Let's move on to FPL predictions then. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll just start with the the most expensive player of the season. Is this an obvious one? It's, it's got to be obvious, mate. And I, what is he? Well, I don't even need to say his name. You know, what, I'm going to go through this full section and not say his name. He came in at twelve and a half last year. He's he's got to go up by a mil. You've got you've got to try and price him out a little bit because people are just going to go if he's twelve mil or twelve and a half mil. People are just going to go yes straight away. He's the first name on the team sheet, but. I think if you price him at 30 and a half, it gives people a decision to make because then you are making the question of can you afford a Salah and a Haaland or do you have to go for a Salah and a Jesus? True. So that makes it makes the thing. And I'm, I'm quite glad that Mane is not in it this season because that used to annoy me how oh, closely in price they were together. Painful. Um, 
there's no decision to be made, but most expensive Salah, and I'll probably say 13 and a half million. Well, I hope it's 13. And a half. So is it what are you going is for? Is it 13 and a half you think it'll be, or is it what you hope? I think it'll be 13. I hope it's 13 and a half. Yeah. And I know it's small margins, but when you're playing the game and you're picking your team, those small margins really do count. Yeah, no, I've went for Salah as well. I've went for 13 million. I think you'll come in at, but it would be very interesting if it was 13.5 because there's nothing worse than looking at Salah in the game and seeing that he's over 50% owned because then what do you gain from having him? Not much, really. Yeah, exactly. Highest points? Highest points. Ice points, I'll let you go first. I've actually went for someone that you've mentioned quite a few times so far. I've went for Son. And so have I, Stephen. But I must caveat and say, if that is, if he's going to be kept as a midfielder, which I suspect he will be, but, you know, with the game taking quite a long time to come back, it's starting to make me think, well, what are the what are the changing? You know, it's going to be released about 10, 12 days later than it was last year. Could they be changing lots of different things? I don't know. I don't know. It's harder then. Go, I mean, because we could talk forever about who should be which position. Because then you've got to do it for everyone. But if if Son's a midfielder, he could be posting some uh, big numbers this year. He yeah. has previously, but he could be doing it again. Yeah, I mean, the second half of last season, he was just unbelievable, wasn't he? Um, I, it's mad that we didn't actually own him that much last year as well. I think that's crazy. <sighs> And uh, that was just the last game of the season or the last two. I got him in for you. Aye, that's the same for me as well. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he could really get some good numbers this season. He's on set pieces. He gets a lot of goals, a lot of assists. He's in double figures, generally for both the most seasons as well, isn't he? Um, but on oh, the yeah. on the point of him potentially being a forward, um, I think FPL dropped a hint that that could be something that they look at because Brennan Johnson from Forest is going to be a forward. Um, he did play. Ooh, how do you know that? They put it on. They put on that he's going to be a forward a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, I missed that. Yeah, and I know he did play as a striker quite a bit last season, uh, but he obviously he's known as a winger. Um, so would that mean Foden's going to be a forward as well? You would suspect so, which is going to be a great shame because he's not going to play up front this season with Haaland in the team, or very rarely. Yes. Yeah, he'll be very lowly owned as well, which could then be a differential. True. Um. Let's talk about prices a little bit, though. Biggest price rise this season, Stephen? So, um, I'll tell you the player, and then I'll tell you what I, what he's going to go from in two as well. Um, I think it's going to be Bowen, and I think he's going to go from 6.5 million to 8 million. All right. Well, we have went for the same player once again, Stephen. Um, but I reckon he might go up to 8.5. Does that put him in the territory where he's not going to have much of an ownership if he's 8.5? I'd suspect so. I'd suspect so. I think you'd have to start the season very, very strongly to, to, um, for him to even be in more than potentially 3% of teams. Um, obviously, back end of last season, he was very, very highly owned. I think even 8 million is going to price him out of quite a lot of teams. You know, mm. Previous to last season, he hadn't really pulled up any trees or looked like he was going to pull up any trees. So some may just be wondering, was it a one-season thing? And then you've got the potential introduction of Lingard's being linked again. Yeah. Does he then steal all the thunder? Cause he'll come in much lower than 8, I'd imagine. Probably 6.5 because of his lack of game time last year. So it makes Bowen a funny one, but he does need a good price rise. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Biggest price drop? I'll let you go first with this one. You know, I was sort of racking my brains for the last one thinking about premiums. And obviously price drop, if you've got to get a drastic one, you're not going to get it from a... a Five and a half million midfielder. That's it. I've went for Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Um, twelve million he came in at last year. Got a price rise of one point five. 
I mean, it's not going to be huge, but if you came back in at 10.5, I wouldn't be overly surprised. To be honest, it could well just be 11, but he's not be in anybody's teams. I think 10.5, if he does okay to start, gives people something to think about. Um, but 1.5 million, I can't see any huge drops other than that, to be honest. So, yeah. Bruno Fernandes, I think. Yeah, he's one of the ones I went for, so I've took two players here. I went for Bruno from 12 to 10.5 as well. Um, the fact that he might not be on penalties anymore is probably a 1.5 to 2 million difference anyways, isn't it? Um, and then the other player I've went for is Rashford. He was 9.5 million last season. I can see him dropping to about 8. 8? Yeah. Yeah, right. You've got a few people around there, like Sancho could well go down to eight as well. And Sancho would be um, still a much more attractive option than Rashford. I can't see his game time increasing. No, no. Well, he, the thing is, our new manager, he'll be wanting to go in and really stamp some authority in there, I think. So I think we could, the first few weeks, definitely see some surprise, a surprise the right word, some different lineups than what would be expected. So, yeah, it could be anything, really. Their team just doesn't look right at them in anyways, does it? They still haven't signed anyone? Nah, nah. nah. They're just waiting for them to do something. And everyone they seem to be getting linked to is then getting snapped up by other people. I mean, this De Jong's been rumbling on for ages and the god Fabrizio Romano <laughs> is still just reporting the same things as he was last week. So, <laughs> nothing seems to be going anywhere. And he keeps saying that uh, De Jong doesn't even want to join. Man U, but he might be forced out the door just because of the, the financial state they're in. Yeah, exactly. Aye. Right, Stephen, we're, we're getting on for time here a little bit, so who's going to be the most owned player in game week one? It's got to be Haaland, hasn't it? I've went for Haaland, 52% ownership. Well, I've I went for Salah, and I still think he could be about 48%. Mm, so what would, what would you think Haaland's going to come in at? Price-wise? No, no, uh, ownership-wise, sorry. Uh, yeah, people want him in. People might. Uh, could still. It's going to be close. I think. Yeah. Come in at about forty percent to be honest. Liverpool. Depends what he comes in at price wise. True. Liverpool and uh, Man City's fixtures are both very kind to them, so could be the flip of a coin. We'll talk about fixtures next time. So. We will. Premium flop of the season. I think yeah, I've just went for Bruno. I think he can be classes in premium still. It might be a bit of a cop out that one, but I've went for Bruno. Yeah, I thought about Bruno, but I went with Ronaldo. Um, he's getting he's getting on now. I don't think he'll have as much game time as he did last season. Although obviously they're still seeing that they want to keep him and everything, but um, I can see Manu trying to sign a, a striker, another one. Well, they need someone because Cavani's left anyway. So if he comes in at twelve million still, I think his points tally will not be the same as last season. I've got to agree. So that's a little bit of our predictions for the FPL season as a whole, the actual season as a whole. And then we've got a list of six players here who have predicted the prices for. Now, these are six players that are probably going to be thought of for the season coming and also are going to be quite hard to price up, to be honest with you. So, Stephen, I'll ask you first. We've talked about him a little bit so far. Haaland, how much is he coming in for? I think he'll be the highest priced uh, player to join FPL in the first season and I've went for £12 million. Yeah, well, I've went a little bit higher than that. I've went 12 and a half just because of the hype. And I know by doing a little bit of research, the highest price player to come in on the first season of FPL before this was Zlatan at 11 and a half. Very good. Lukaku was 11 and a half last season as well, wasn't he? But uh, he'd already uh, been in the game, obviously. Exactly, exactly. That must have been how I read it. Um, Darwin Nunez, what's he coming in as? I've went for 9.5 million. I still think they'll price him quite high based on how many goals he got last season. What do you think? 
Yeah, I've went four nine. Do we know if he's is he more of a midfielder or will he come in as a forward? No, he's a he's a striker. He'll come in as a forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I've went for nine in there. Uh, Vieira, who's just signed for Arsenal. Now I don't know much about this fella, but you may well. Well, these numbers look good, um, but that is in the Portuguese league. So what can we take from that? We don't know. But I went for seven million. Um, I think he's too much of a similar player to players I've already got in like Odegaard. Um, so I'm not sure where he fits in the team, but I still think he might do all right. Yeah, well, I don't know much about him, so I went for six, but I might be way off the mark there. I just think if you've got a if he's a similar player to Odegaard, they these are the kind of players that we've talked about in the past that don't really get chosen in FPL. They don't have the explosivity, so by making them a lower price, it might entice people. So True. I went for six. True. Perisic. So we'll ask you the question first of all: Will he be a midfielder? No, I think he'll be a defender. Do you? I think he'll be a midfielder, but I think he will play more left wing back. Well, he played a lot of left wing back for Inter last season. So if FPL look at that, then I think he has to be priced as a defender. Really, if Marcus Alonso was priced as a defender, then how can Perisic? Not yeah, be? I think they might just go off on what he's played more of his career, and obviously he's generally been a winger. Um, but as he's got older, obviously he's moved further back. Um, so I've given the price of six point five million off the back of him being a midfielder. I think if he's a defender, he may come in at five point five. I predicted 5.5. And I also think in terms of being a defender, I think FPL have got to look at the team as a whole and actually... Where's he fitting? Fit in the front three? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Does he fit in as a left wing back? Yes, he does. Are our left wing back classic defenders in the game? Yes, they are. I think he's got to come in as a defender. And I think he'll come in as a 5.5. And I think... Which is a good price. He'll be very, very popular. Yeah, I think that's a great price. Could well be a six, to be honest, Steve. Yeah, I think if he does come in at that price and on occasions does play higher up the pitch as well, then that'd be a really good option to have. Yeah, I think obviously then they've got to sort of way up. Actually, they've still got Reggion and Sessegnon. So is he's, with his age, is his game time going to be 38 mm. games in 90 minutes? You'd predict possibly not. So he might come in as a 5.5. You might well be right. Botman, tell me about Botman. He hasn't signed yet, but let's pretend he has. <laughs> 5 million I'm going to go for. Um, I don't think you can outprice NUFC defenders, even though we're going to do all right this season. Um, 5 million is a fair price in my book. What do you think? Yeah, five. He's not known for his goal scoring prowess or anything like that either. You kind of be pricing. I mean, if Trippier came in as a 5.5, I'd be disappointed, but I'd understand. Uh, you kind of be pricing bottom in at that. And you also kind of be pricing Newcastle defenders at four and a half this year either. I think the starting back four or even five or six of the defender, I think Lascelles and like Clark and things like that will probably be the only ones to come in at 4.5. Mm. I think. Your Botman, your Byrne, your Shaw, your Target, players like that, they'll all be at least five. Trippier, potentially five and a half, which would be a shame. But I think, yeah, it's got to be five, hasn't it? It's got to be. And the last one that I tasked you with was Enketiah. He's just signed a new contract at Arsenal, we know. Well, this is it. When FPL dropped the game, if Jesus hasn't signed, then they've got to price Enketiah a little bit more, thinking that he's going to be the starting striker for Arsenal. Mm. Um. I think they could well just go down that middle of the road of your 6.5, to be honest with you. You know, a little bit less than what Antonio is, but a little bit more than what Emmanuel Dennis was or something like that. So I'd predict probably 6.5. I've went with the same 6.5. I think that's a fair price for him. Um, even if um, Jesus does come, 6.5 is probably a decent price if he gets some game time. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
So, Stephen, that's the end of the predictions. If any listeners have got any other players that they're really just struggling to think what their price might be, and you fancy a bit of a conversation about it, then just drop us a DM or something like that. We're always happy to talk about FPL. That we are at Jordy's FPL on Twitter, so that is why we are there. Um, yeah, I think that this podcast, Stephen, has just made me even more excited for the season ahead. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The game should be announced soon. Um, to be fair, you've been doing price predictions with a few different people on Twitter as well, haven't you? So if you still like to play that game, DM us and you can get them involved. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, any new listeners, if you found us by other means other than Twitter somehow, then go and follow us on Twitter at FPL. We are always there to interact with everybody that we'll come across. And I think this is the good time to say it, Stephen. Good luck for the season. Yeah, best luck for the season. We'll speak to you soon. More likely about fixtures next time. Yeah, fixtures. Or if the game drops, we might um, we might talk a little bit about price reactions and things like that. Yeah. So we will catch you all later. Cheers for listening. Ta-ra.